again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? I'm your official official. Greetings, salutations, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Man, you can't forget about Hanukkah. You just can't do it. Hanukkah, awesome, Christmas. You know, I often tell people, and those of you who know me, you know that I, I can't stand Christmas. You know, it's like, I just, it, yeah, man, you know, like, there were bad things as a kid, blah, 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 at the end of the day, but just, I don't know, is it me, man, but it just seems like, like, we are all about the gifts and the crap that goes with it, and it just kind of drives me crazy, so. That's my social commentary for the show. Thank you, everybody, and good night. Uh, hey, January 20th, January 20th, here's what's going on. I'm doing a workshop called Don't Stay Stuck. Don't Stay Stuck. Under the heading Break One. So I'm naming all the workshops Break. Um, you know, in a twofold, you know, situation there. One is take a break, obviously. Uh, but the other one is, you know, let's break some of the garbage uh, bullshit habits that, that sit in our lives that uh, we just can't manage to roll over on for various reasons. Uh, none of that means that you are a bad person, by the way. It just simply means that you are human. And that uh, every now and then we need some finessing, you know, to get out there and uh, and get things started. So break one is called Don't Get Stuck. It's January 20th, right here in sunny Southern California. And wait till you see the freaking retreat center that we got going on. It is gorgeous. That's all I can say. It's freaking gorgeous. I'm going to post some video. Uh, I'm going to shoot some video tomorrow at the retreat center. I'm, I'm taping this on a Friday. Uh, so there'll be uh, next week. So this is Friday, December 15th. So there'll be, uh, there'll be some video up online that you can see the retreat center. It's gorgeous. It's a new retreat center uh, run by a wonderful woman um, who has just this gorgeous piece of property uh, tucked in the mountains uh, of northern North County, San Diego. And when I say gorgeous views and peace and quiet, like I'm not kidding. Anybody from Southern California knows this. It is hard, hard to find quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you know you see these wonderful pictures of sunsets and beaches, and you just go, "Oh, isn't that nice?" But um, nobody tells you that like the five or the four hundred five is like come you know is like crashing down onto the beaches at, at at certain points of the journey. So it is hard to find peace at this retreat center. There is quiet. We will do some quiet at the retreat on January twentieth. It's called "Don't Get Stuck." Here's 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 the two premises. One is relationships, and the other one is kind of like you're chasing a dream, chasing something that you want to do, a project that you got going on that you just want to lean in and get going. And stuck is a feeling that we often get. That's just how it goes. Sometimes we're stuck in relationships, and we don't understand that we just need to shed a relationship. Like, there are relationships in our lives that need to go. Goodbye. <laughs> and sometimes there are relationships that just need healing to just get that uh, stuckness um, away from us. As far as dreams and projects and things that we want to do, perhaps you are in the wrong career and you're like, what the hell am I doing? And you, and the fortitude and the strength that sits inside of you is, is there. It's just, Hey, how do I execute? What is next? Come January 20th and get this. Here's the greatest part about, about break one. Don't get stuck. It's 30 bucks. It's 30 bucks. You could stand on a corner for five minutes and get 30 bucks. Um, so it's 30 bucks. Why is it so cheap, JR? Well, you know, when I was kicking around this workshop, uh, knowing that I was going into this retreat center, uh, knowing that we, uh, 
I mean, I just think this is important, man. I think it's important for people to come. I think it's important because I feel I think we all feel stuck. And I think a lot of us feel embarrassed by it, but we shouldn't be. And I think a lot of us just need to lean in sometimes and understand that we just need some finessing. That's all. That's all. Now, you know, at this point, I could bring out a number of like sports analogy kind of stories. Like Michael Jordan was kicked off his high school team. Uh, and true. And uh, he just... He stuck it out, <laughs> um, and he learned he learned to play basketball better, and obviously he went on to be great. So sometimes it's just finesse. I can't stand the thought that we automatically feel like we're bad when we're trying to learn something new. It's like we don't tell people. We don't want to tell people. I'm going, I'm going to a retreat. <laughs> we're going to counseling. I mean, listen, we, we all need finesse of, of life. You know, we all need a mentor. We all need that person or or process some sometimes a process in our lives that's going to just help us move it so anyways january 20th don't get stuck break one it's on the website jrman.com you're looking for workshops hit that button it's easy you, you, you read the little thing it says it says click here or something like that it's 30 bucks i'll see you january 20th i there's only 20 spaces on this one there's only 20 spaces and for the record as of the 15th people are signing up so get on and get in there and we'll have a good time. Today we're going to be talking about uh, not making people God, not making people's God, not making organizations God. Like, wh- who is God in your like? Who is like? Who are you making God? Like, it, that's what we're going to be talking about. It comes up uh, um, so often with the work that I do with people. If you need me, I'm Jr. at jrman.com. Jr. M A H O N is the last name. Numbers on the website. You can call. You can text me. I know some of you love to text. You can text. I actually do. Um, Personal development, uh, mentoring, spiritual direction, uh, you know, coaching, if you will, via text. So a lot of you, uh, I, I, I have relationships with text, so we can do that. <laughs> it's crazy, right, man? I mean, we're in a, we're in a, we're at a time when we can do that, and and we're in a time when it can when it when it absolutely makes sense. Um, okay, so a lot of times I'm sitting with clients. People that I work with, whether it's, like I say, whether it's coaching, mentoring, spiritual direction, just getting people to move forward, and and we identify very quickly that we are making somebody, usually, um, the figurative God over life. Now, again, like, I've done a podcast about codependency and about the over over bloviation of emotions when it comes to other people, and, and, and exactly what I'm talking about is just like, you know, perhaps you get somebody close to you and you live your life based on their feelings. If they're doing good, you're doing good. If they're doing bad, you're doing bad. And a lot of that does float into that whole understanding of who is God around you. At no time, though, uh, in humanity, I think we suffer from this more than now because of the internets. And I think, you know, what you're taught, I think, I, you know, immediately, you know what I'm talking about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the Snap. Um, a myriad of other freaking social medias that just do a bang-up job at one thing in particular that I'm that I'm gonna focus on today, which is which is this account for attention uh, when it comes to who we're making uh, a god in our life. So the scenario looks like this. The scenario looks like you post something, you say something, you share something. Uh, online 
and you don't get any responses. You don't get any attention for it. And immediately this becomes a personal um, vendetta or attack or a personal uh, hit uh, on, on, on the individual. And so this phenomena is like crazy, not new. It's, it's actually something that I deal with a lot of times. And I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I posted this thing, you know, you know I'm sorry about the sniff. I posted this thing and I really did expect people to like post back and, and like, you know, come alongside me and help me. And they're my friends. And apparently they're not my friends because they didn't post back. And I'm just like, oh, oh, we so need some mechanisms in our own lives. So we don't have to necessarily find value or strength or senses of belonging in other people. Other people are going to let you down. Number one, this is an easy life lesson that I think we get early on, or I hope you've gotten at some point in your life where you have experienced pain from somebody very close to you, and you're like, what the F? What is that? Or betrayal. Or betrayal. So again, life lesson, man, people will let you down. Life lesson number two is there are a lot of expectations that are on the table that go unsaid with people, and the minute that they do something out of that expectation that you've not told them, immediately you go running for the hills. So uh, this is all wraps around that central premise of who is your God. And if we go back to the internet example that I'm giving you, I, I really want you to understand that at the end of the day, it's nobody's responsibility to come alongside you. Now that, again, it's like that gets people going, well, what about my true friends? And what about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and people should come alongside me. And I feel like they should. And you know what? I get it, man. We all have a little circle of friends. I think as you get older, your circle gets smaller. That's a good thing. That's maturity for the record. When you're young, you got a billion friends and you go here and you see that cat and over there, you see that dude and everything's happy and fun. But as you get older, you're circle definitely shrinks and that's a sign of maturity not a sign of nobody likes you but in that a lot of times we we are we are keeping people as godhead over our lives we post something nobody says anything and we immediately start devaluing ourselves we feel a certain emotion. Nobody in our circle can fill that emotion, take care of that emotion, soothe that emotion, lacquer that emotion, and immediately we are deflated and our value is nothing. And so I want you to stay away from that. And I want you to be able to build into your life the idea that strength and value and worth are the discovery of your life and not the discovery of what other people think. So let me say it again. It is, it is very incumbent upon you to discover yourself and not just simply be all about what other people discover about you. So with that, there's a couple things that I've kind of noted down as I've gone through the subject in my head that I really want you to grab onto um, and just, you know, kind of understand. One of those things is knowing your history and how you've moved through your life. So again, I'm not asking you to part in peace every second or minute in your life. I'm just asking you to know your history. I often say the history is your mirror for what's happening in your life. Like if you look back and you see some some um, 
definitive kind of, you know, flags in your life where you can definitely have markers of behavior or markers of cycle in your life that you know are healthy or unhealthy. That's a good gravitational way of to understand like which way to go next. Um, a lot of people, I mean, I mean, again, that's a general concept, right? Like you look at your history and then you understand how to go forward. It's that whole thing. Like, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't understand history, you're, you're doomed to, you know, you're doomed to repeat it. So that's an easy thing, but I want you to know your history in relation to how you place people in your life. Do you have a history of placing people's opinions about you, what they think about you, what they think about your value and worth in front of you? In other words, do you take people's opinions at, at, you know, verbatim, and do you exercise them that they literally are the only essence in your life? If somebody says good, it's good. If somebody says bad, it's bad. If somebody says up, you jump. Like, like, where are you in that history? Look back at the people that have made a measurable difference in your life, and how have you orchestrated their belief of you in your life? Now, I know there's some people, like a mother can be a very demonstrative character in your life. A best friend can be a demonstrative thing. A mentor, a teacher. And, and, and again, there are healthy understandings of what I'm talking about. You can have a mentor that can be wonderful in suggestion about what is next, what to do, how to think about that, how to handle your money here. Maybe it's politically motivated, maybe it's environmentally motivated, uh, how to date people. Like, There's all these things that have a healthy exhaust system to them, but at the end of the day, it's like, have you, in your history, just allowed another person to have the act of control in your life? So look at that and understand who that is. It's a great piece of contemplation for you as you go through your day. Maybe you find a little quiet space and you sit down and you really start to think about the markers of the people in your life and and have you allowed them control or the act of control in your life and the major decisions that you make. What's major decisions? Obviously dating and sex and job and money political understanding, environmental understanding, faith. These are all massive markers in a person's life where you can really start to understand, hey, is that me or is that somebody or some other, you know, organization or, or, or larger group tribal thinking? So, so get that. Get your history. Know your history on how other people have moved you. Are you moving just because of them? Are you moving in just their opinion set and their belief set and their tradition, whatever it is? Know your community is another one. Understand who's around you in your community. Remember what I said. When you're young, you're going to have a huge community. As you get older, that, that circle gets smaller. That's a sign of maturity. But know the people in that community. Who are they? Who are they? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it a husband? Is it a best friend? Again, is it a mentor? Is it somebody at work? Is it a bunch of people at work? Are you in that community? Are you focusing on one person that you want to be like, act like, sound like, think like? Like, what is that? Who is in your community? And really define that. And do you have an individuality in that community? That's a big one. Do you have an individuality in that community? All of this sitting under the auspices of who you're making God, okay? In case you're just joining us. <laughs> in the community, do you have an individuality? And I'm here to tell you, 
Uh, I don't care what God you believe in. I don't care what theology you bring to the table. I don't care what cultural understanding you bring to the table. You have an individual personality. You have passions, wants, likes, dislikes, loves. You have a lot of things that are going on inside. Creative motivations. You have a lot of things that are going on inside of you that you need to exercise as a human being. And, and, And you should. And you should. And if that's not happening in that community... I would suggest that there's something, somebody in that community that you have, in fact, tabled and put on a nice big fat pedestal as God. So know your community and who's in it. Are your opinions your opinions? Are your opinions? And this is tough stuff because sometimes you might have to move away from community. You know, sometimes I work with people and it's like, it's like we, we don't identify a person. We identify the community. We identify, you know, tribe or, or business or organization or we identify process right? Sometimes we identify culture. Like, hey, guess what? You need to move away from that culture. So understand that and understand that what I'm, what I'm, what I'm really trying to challenge you to is a greater understanding of who you are versus the power of others as just the reflective nature of your life. Uh, know your opinions. Have an opinion about what's happening in your life. I often say have an opinion about soul, right? So people have heard me say that before. Have an opinion about soul. It's like what's going on deep inside of you and, and, and have an opinion on it. So often, particularly in this culture, in American westernized, particularly Christianity, it's all about going, learning, one, two, three, this is what we think. Here's your opinion. Here's what your belief is. You don't like those people. You can't hang out with them. Certainly don't smoke that. Don't drink that. Whatever you do, uh, those people over there, you can't hang out with them on Saturday nights. Like, like that's where we go with this. And, and I'm asking you to know your opinions. I often tell people, if, if we look at the American church in particular and, and, and how, I mean, they really do address like what social groups do belong to and not belong to. And again, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about, you know, what you're making God. And so in this effort, I'm asking what your opinion is. What's your opinion about gays? What's your opinion about Trump? What's your opinion about the earth? What's your opinion about Jesus, Buddha, Hindu? What's your opinion about saving money, spending money? What's your opinion about raising children? What's your opinion about pregnancy? How about abortion? What's your opinion about living in community? What's your opinion about long hair, short hair? Like, what are your opinions? Do you have opinions or does somebody else hold your opinions? Are your opinions simply those people, that thing, that cause over there that you've read? Do you really buy into what's happening inside of your soul, your mind? Do you really buy into that? Or is your mother-in-law giving it to you? Or is your best friend just giving it to you? Do you like the Seattle Seahawks simply because you live in a neighbor that likes neighborhood that likes the Seattle Seahawks? Because you really shouldn't, by the way. You know? Is your favorite team the Cubs because J.R. Mann says the Cubs are great? That, that you probably should... That's that's probably a good idea, just for the record. And I know some of you are bitching out there. Hate the fact the Cubs won the World Series, don't you? Well, they did, so let's get over it. So know your opinions and have opinions and have opinions. Ultimately, we really do want to know who God is, right? So we we do, I mean, here's, a, here's, here's the blanket understanding. No person, 
no person around you should be your God, should be your head, should be the one that's, that's doing the control. You need, you need to take that. You, you need to run with that. And then as we get to a theological premise, if you will, cosmos, universe, larger understanding of spiritual structure in your life, we do want to know who God is. We do. And, 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 and here's, the, here's the cut to the chase on, on that. Every single one of us have that drive inside of us to understand something greater than ourselves. Point blank, plain and simple. There's no argument in that sentence. It is a truth. Every culture in the wor- in this entire world has the has the, has either a systematic or fundamental or inherent understanding of that drive for something greater than us, yourself, or even tribe for that matter. So finding out who God is in his personality is a big deal. And that really has to be incumbent upon the individual then at that point to really sit and reflect and understand what's going on inside of you as a result of that feeling of chase, that feeling of um, curiosity when it comes to something greater than yourself. Now, me, everybody knows this. I'm as a spiritual director. Um, I'm, I'm a Jesus guy too, heavily, heavily anchored in Jesus's teachings. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the New Testament. It, it, if, if we got to, you know, split hairs, um, and a few other books that are even outside the Bible. So I'm heavily anchored in that. I'm in my chase for that. Is is I love. Jesus's like blazing passion and intent to destroy or or un or unbind the the human ego. That's I just love that. I love that about him. That's where I go. That's where that's where I kind of place that higher than my self understanding. That's where I find a lot of my opinion. That's where I find a lot of my shaped transformative understanding about myself and you and community. But the big thing is, is that my beliefs continue to transform. I don't have certainty or a period at the end of my Jesus sentence. So, you know, finding out what that personality is and who that personality is as God is a big thing. So I encourage you all to do that. No matter what faith practice you are in or the practice of or in faith that you are in, transformative understanding needs to happen and has to happen in a way where we understand the personality of God. We understand the personality of God. Who is God? What is God like? What is he up to? Now, again, fundamentalists, man, I mean, like, there is periods all over there, there, Jesus sentences. There is certainty all over and riddled with it everywhere. You can't, like, gays. Women can't do this. You know, it was it wasn't before long that blacks couldn't do that. I mean, like you know, <laughs> this country has a serious ass problem with its history when it comes to the personality of God and who he he or she is. And don't forget, God is referred to as infeminine uh, in, in portions of the Bible. So you don't have to argue that with me. That's just what it is. That's how it goes. The basic premise, though, because I'm really trying not to make this uh, some kind of huge uh, theological understanding, is that we understand that 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 drive for something greater than ourselves just doesn't simply land on another person or platitude 
or organization or tribe or cultural opinion that you are seeking something not only deep inside of you that is curious, but also that that deepness that is inside of you move out into the universe and into the cosmos and grab the people around you in the essence of love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. Find out the personality of God and do that in your own curiosity. Do that in your own thinking, your own contemplation and the curiosity that sits inside of you. Now, at that point, I'm not against mentors, spiritual teachers, um, spiritual direction. I'm not against any of that because I have a spiritual director, I have mentors, I have questions, I have questions that need to be answered here and now, but I also want to be able to form um, and transform in that understanding as the curiosity rises to the occasion, and not just simply grab a dogma or a, or an understanding or Joe's opinion. Or, oh, well, Joe believes you need a haircut and you need to wear slacks. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. No, that's bullshit. My stuff needs to transform as I transform, but yes, I do need some some direction. Yes, I need guidance. Yes, I need mentorship. Yes, I need good counsel. So all those are good. Healthy, healthy exhaust systems. Um, we need cheerleaders and not control leaders. Cheerleaders, not control leaders. Frankly, guys like me that are doing this podcast, that are like looking back at you going, hey, what the hell are your opinions? And your voice does matter. And stand up and stop allowing a, pe- a person, a, a process or, or an institution to be your God. Cut that crap out. We need cheerleaders. We need people that are sitting on the sidelines of our life or actively organized in it in some capacity, urging you to to really move on the curiosity of your own soul, the curiosity of your own mind, the curiosity of how you function in this world on this planet. Control leaders are another thing, man. If, if, if your pastor is centered on controlling your behavior, run. I'll say it again, and I've said it before. If you're a pastor, if you're a spiritual director, if you're a rabbi, if you're a mom, if, if, if anybody with massive power structures in your life are simply keeping your behavior in control or at bay, you need to get the hell out. Your behavior, salvation is not behavior modification. I will say this until I'm blue in the face. Salvation is the liberation of self. You know, that's all there is to it. There's not a religion in the world that would, that would bother arguing, arguing with that. And certainly good spiritual direction is like, hey, let's improve upon your curiosity. But if we just look at behavior, hey, you got to wear a dress. Hey, you got to wear your hair back. Hey, you got to wear black. Hey, don't drink coffee. It's, it's all bullshit. And it's just simply made to keep one person or another in control. Don't allow that to be your God. Ultimately, know yourself. What do you like? And how do you create peace for yourself? Because this is at the end of the day what it is. In my story... I had to. I had to learn. I had to, in, in in some parts, relearn my voice. There have been portions and parts of my life where I've really snapped uh, in in understanding of who I am, and then lost it because I've 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 put a blindfold on and let another person lead me, another dogma uh, take over my life, another process to uh, that I got hooked into, and I just and I just ran with it. And some of those I'm very ashamed about. I'll be honest with you. The amount of drinking that I've done in my life sucks 
like you wouldn't believe. And I wish I wouldn't have hooked into drinking as a way of strength. I wish I wouldn't have hooked into drinking as a way of saying I was cool. Hooked into drinking as a way that, you know, made me fun. I really don't. And I regret a lot of that. And I'm allowed to regret a lot of that. And I keep the door cracked open on that. So I understand very clearly why I don't drink and why I'm sober. And for those of you who know me and knew me, uh, when I was drinking as heavily as I possibly could, you get it. Like that's an easy truth. <laughs> oh, Jer made alcohol his God. Yes. 150,000%. So I remember that. That never brought me peace. Never. Never. Never brought me peace. In fact, quite the opposite, right? So what brings me peace is, is sobriety, but it's physical sobriety. It's spiritual sobriety. It's, 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 a, it's a sober thinking about the earth, right? It's a sober thinking about the, the, the mind and how the mind moves through the day. A common sense, if you will. I wish, like, I'm just trying to think about, and I probably should have thought about this before I turned the mic on, but, you know, now that it just hits me, booze, definitely one of them. I wish I wouldn't have been so dogmatic early on in my faithful Christianity, in my, Christi- in my, in my Christian faith. I wish I wouldn't have been, because I listened to people that, frankly, were full of shit and, you know, wanted to make Christianity about behavior and wanted to make Christianity about some kind of weird robotic structure that if I did this weird, you know, dance and faith and systematic theology and just garbage that had nothing to do with nothing, uh, that I could have been a much more free person early early on, but it's said and done. So again, I keep that stuff, I keep the, the, the door to the past kind of cracked open on that stuff. So I truly understand because in my story, I did allow pastors to be God. I did allow people who had, you know, some spiritual understanding, people at church, in church, you know, people that were like, you know, writing books for a living or speaking for a living on the subjectivity of Christ. Like somehow these people became, you know, these, these huge platform guys in my life. And oh, if I, if I'm not like that guy, then I suck. And it, it, and again, th- there is a, a real exploratory and discovery that I want you to have in your own voice where you are comfortable, where you are now creating peace in and around you, in and around you. I really want that to happen for you. So it's like, how are you creating peace? As I reach for the book to open it up. How are you creating peace? How do you know yourself? Because when you're starting to really know yourself, you are going to feel some of those elements of peace. Things that you say are going to just resonate and make sense with you. But again, I hope there is true transformation. I'm opening up to the beginning uh, part of the book of John. Um, For those of you... uh, unfamiliar with the Bible. Uh, There's an Old and a New Testament. In the New Testament, it begins with a book called Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are what's referred to as the gospel or the good news. This is the good news for everybody. It's a very liberating good news. It's like, hey, God is. He's cool. He's, He's all about love. And he is all about love. And for those freak, and again, see, this is what I'm talking about. For the fundamentalists out there that want to go, yeah, he's about love, but he also wants to X, 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 Y, and Z. Listen, man, that doesn't make any sense. I just want to read you this first part of John, and then we're done. Because this is a real liberation, a real true understanding of what I'm talking about. 
And I don't think we read the first part of John, the first couple sentences, in a correct and really understandable way. I think when I think when you hear these words, I would love for you to sit with these words, let them resonate in your own mind and in your own soul, and let them just take you wherever it needs to take you. Um, because this is just great, non-dualistic, real open and, and just wonderful understanding of, of, of what's happening in and around you. So this is John, and this is uh, John 1. This is in the NIV, um, which I find to be a good translation. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made, that is, been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, the light that shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And it goes on and on and on. But just that, that, those couple lines. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. Listen, at the end of the day, God is in us, through us, around us, every around us. There's not, a, again, a religion in the world that wouldn't understand that as their, as their own curiosity in their hearts and their soul soar above and beyond themselves and community and process and tribe to really truly belong to a God who is, is in our very DNA. So, who do you make God? Are you one of the Facebookers? Are you hoping to God for likes? Are you hoping to God for responses from other people? Are you hoping to God people fill you? Are you, are, are you, are you hoping to God you get an opinion about that? I'm saying, look, break free. Break free from all that stuff. Know your community. Know your history. Know your opinions. Attack the curiosity of the personality of God. Get cheerleaders or no cheerleaders in your life. And for God's sake, start building processes around you that bring you peace and that you can touch and that you can practice and that you know how to turn on and turn off. Hey, if you need me, it's jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I work with people all over the country. I, hey, get this. I actually work with people all over the world. I've got this wonderful person in Costa Rica. You know who you are, and I hope you're okay. Uh, and for those of you that I work with uh, uh, around the country, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. And I love you so much for uh, for trusting me uh, with all your stuff. And um, seriously, a very, very heartfelt and wonderful and sincere Christmas and Hanukkah uh, to everybody out there. Uh, we're going to take a couple breaks. We're going to take a couple weeks off of the podcast. Uh, come back in January, fire in. But um, don't forget, January 20th, January 20th is the workshop. Hit jrman.com. Go to the workshop page, please. It's called Don't Stay Stuck. Love you guys all very much. We'll talk soon again. Have great holidays. We'll talk soon. <laughs>